with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Okay, we are live. It's go time, everyone. It's time. We had some technical difficulties, but we are live. (laughs) Woohoo! Excellent. Well, listen, if (laughs) you just tuned in, I don't know what you guys heard, but we were sitting in the studio waiting to see what was going on. But you, we are live. (laughs) My name is Ryan Reese, and I have my two good friends in studio tonight. (laughs) Josh and Lacey Sturm. What's up, buddy? Was that right? That's, That's right. exactly right. Boom. You know, I almost said strum. Because we because said it a million times. Me. You confused me. Josh was trying to mess you up on that. Well, I'm, Yeah, you did mess me up. Well, I'm excited you guys are here in town. And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things tonight. We're going to talk about your new book. Yeah. We're going to talk about... The mystery. The mystery, the new book. That's been out for how long? It's been out for a couple months? Yeah, it's been out since October... Okay, so that's new. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your album. You guys just got off tour. You have that song, Rot Out, which has a pretty interesting video. It's pretty cool. It has our friend Annie Lobert in yes, it as well. Yes, And I want to talk about she all those things. Video. So and we, have, we already have phone calls coming in. So before we get into those phone calls, let's just start with the book. What You already had one book came, that came out. It was called The Reason. Yeah. And that was epic. My wife... Personally, read the whole thing quickly. I think you sent her a copy of it, and uh, she read it. She loved it. And then what was the whole theme of coming out with this new book, The Mystery? Well, it's about uh, – it's really meant for um, rela- people dealing with questions about relationships. And I don't think there's a lot of content out there about emotional purity um, I don't even think that I don't know if that's a word. I just kind of made that up. But, but, it's, but if you can have an emotional affair, then you need to learn how to have emotional purity. And I think that people know what emotional affairs are, sort of. Maybe they don't. I didn't really know when I was involved in one. But I talk about the subtlety of um, just being exposed and out there and wearing your heart on your sleeve and saying whatever you feel and whatever you think and being led by your emotions and letting that tell you what truth is and and how it, it got me tangled up in uh in um an emotional affair and how uh it was very destructive in every way and I ended up in the same place I was in the first book uh I was more suicidal in this book than I was in the first and very much closer to um to committing suicide and again the lord you know showed up and rescued me from that moment and i write about that and and the the most important thing to me in the book is showing the process of first helping somebody feel understood who has found themselves in that situation um because i didn't i mean if i had heard somebody was in an an affair especially if they were christian i would have been like well you're just wrong (laughs) you know just like and I'm not talking to you. And maybe that was right. Some of my friends did that, and I think, to me, in that time, and, and that was what they should have done, maybe. But um, after my experience, when I see somebody who's going through that, my heart just is like, 
you know, just wants the best for them and wants them to have the fullness of life and doesn't want them to get ripped off at all. And or I don't want them to be deceived in any way. And and for me, I was totally deceived. And I thought I was following. When you're deceived, you don't know that you're, you're following deceived. a lie. Yeah. Yeah. You think that it's right. You would jump off a cliff for it, maybe, like I would, you know. Right. Um, and it was totally a lie. And so when I came out of this place of deception and realized, I don't know right from my left. I don't know what's right or wrong anymore. I thought this was right. I almost died for it. And uh, here I'm realizing it's wrong. So uh, how can I know right from wrong? And I questioned my faith in God. If I don't know this is true, then how do I know that's true? And um, and learned a lot about um, how to how powerful my choices are, that I actually have choices. And a lot of times we feel like in our addictions or in our mess, our pain, our, you know, just dark hole that we feel like we find ourselves in. We don't feel like we have any choice in the matter. We don't feel like we have a choice to get out. But I actually realized I have a choice. In our unbelief, even my struggle and doubt with God, can I just choose to believe? And I didn't realize I actually have a choice. And it's like similar to when you're in a marriage and you don't know, you don't have the feelings you had before. Can I choose to honor what I said in the first place? And, you know, even in the... um on the record on Life Screams, I talk about a lot of this stuff that I wrote about in the mystery. Um, I talk about that choice on the song Faith, um, having to choose what I knew was true at one point. You know, one of the lyrics says, my heart's a liar, but I used to know the truth. I have decided I'm going to follow through. I'm going to gamble and fall in love with you. And that's about my choice to have faith even when I didn't feel like God was close or didn't understand if he was real anymore or if I just made it up in my head all along. I think a lot of people actually, I know for a fact a lot of people struggle with that, with that doubt. Even longtime believers, it's like they start getting that, mm-hmm. that deceived and they don't even, people don't even know it. I mean, but like you said, like, like you broke that down, you're like, I was feeling deceived. That means like I was believing the lies. And so many people struggle with that. But there is, there's a choice you have to make is that you have to press into God and well, have him show up. Well, it life. is the most humbling and it makes me tremble, like with, kind of fear God in a way to think that I could think 100% it's right and realize in a moment I was wrong all that time. It makes you tremble and humble yourself and say, can you please tell me if you see anything that I don't see? Because I'm going to listen to you even if I don't want to because I need, you know, and that's what I go through in the book. I, I get into a relationship with a pastor and his wife who are like a mother and father to me. And I ask them for that. I, and I say, look, I, I deceived myself. and I pushed every good voice out of my life. And if you tell me something in my life is wrong, I'm going to listen to you even if I don't believe it right then or if I don't Mm -hmm. feel it or understand it I'm just going to listen to you and there were so many miracles that happened in my life of peace of of just blessings that came when I humbled myself and listened to what they were saying even though I didn't get it all the way especially when I met Josh so I talk about meeting my current husband Josh um, of eight years (laughs) Josh Derm (laughs) Yes, my, my husband is sitting here, actually right here. 
um, and he can talk about this time as well, but I talk about how we went through our dating with, uh, with these people in our lives, helping us walk through it with emotional purity. Do you guys want to talk about dating? Yeah. I, think, I don't think a lot of pe- people don't know how to date. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, Christian dating's like. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different thing to yeah. the world's dating. The complete opposite, actually, is to, from the world dating. Yeah. Let's, well, f- let's I'd- talk about it. Well, for me, uh, Josh, you're going to be in it on this, guy. Okay? I'll be in on. Please. We talk- Actually, we talked about this last time. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did like, a little the bit. Calls. We did callers last time. Okay. Here. What's that? Just, I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole show, but just talk a couple of minutes. Yeah. We did talk about it in the book, and and we talked about how we had people in our lives that we just like. We're, we, I was like 26 years old. I'd been married and divorced before, and in an affair, obviously, and I didn't, you know, to have somebody tell married? you. Married. I was married divorced at 19. and an affair? Yeah, I was married at 19. I was divorced at 21. Mm-hmm. I'd already had emotional affair even beginning before I ended my divorce and ended up, you know, <coughs> leading into all this destructive thing, you know, these destructive things. Um, but the thing is, you know, whenever, and even before I got married as a Christian, I I was in romantic relationships. I was in physical relationships before that. And so when I'm 26 years old and been through all this and there's this pastor and his wife's like, I'm going to go visit him. And I'm like, what should I do? And and his and Sarah, her name is Sarah, Sarah Patrick. She's like a spiritual mom. <laughs> I talk about her in the book. She gives a little note in the book as well to the readers. But um, she's like, well, you know, this time is when you go see him, it's really about you getting to know him and how he is around his family and his friends. It's not really about being alone together or holding hands or whatever. And I'm like, what? I can't hold his hand? And we can't be alone together? I'm 26 years old. My, my mind starts running. Like, why am I listening to you tell me this? Like, And I, th- and I just like, mind, calm down, you know, because you asked her for this and she's not telling you not to do anything. But you wanted to hear her advice. So you just need to just listen, mm-hmm. take her advice. And just, you know, humble yourself. <laughs> and and it was so amazing. And I talk about this in the book. When I went out, you know, we honored that. Josh had all kinds of, like, stuff for us to do. So we didn't have, like, you know, nothing to do. And he had stuff for us to do with his family, with his friends. And we we're always doing stuff, like, that was so. And I got to see him interact and really get to know him around his family and his friends and who he was in that context. And we didn't hold hands, but every time we turned around, it was just super romantic. And it was such a thing. Like it was, it's interesting because when you withhold the romance on purpose, it sort of intensifies it Mm -hmm. a little bit. It keeps, it gets, makes it more exciting for sure. Well, when you were older, I didn't, because, you know, I jumped into romance as soon as I could, you know, I felt when I was younger. But even before romance came into my life, you remember those times when a, a guy you like would sit next to you and you're like, oh my gosh, he's right there. Oh my gosh. But then as corny it, as it does sound, that's kind of the way it is. <laughs> it is, honestly. But, but when then you, when, you grow, when, when you grow up older, you don't ever experience that because when you when you want to be romantic, you just sort of go for it. Yes. But so for us, it was like, we're like getting to know each other and we think it might be that way, but we don't know yet. And so 
he's just sitting by me or he's just sitting like two one person away from me and i'm like oh my gosh he's so close to me right now and that feeling is there constantly and it's the most amazing like romantic without any romance on mm-hmm. purpose from either one of us it was super romantic and it was like so the tension the tension there was something that you get robbed of when you just go straight into mm-hmm. romance how right? do you feel about that josh is that on your side one of the things i remember eric right before she came out to visit me she was on tour so i wouldn't we wouldn't see each other for like two months at a time and so obviously when we're together we want to like spend as much time as possible yeah. and we're still getting to know each other but one of the things that he said to me before eric she patrick came out, is the spiritual dad the pastor yeah mm-hmm. one of the things he said to me was this isn't about trying to make her fall in love with you and i was like what do you mean he's like like what she said you know this isn't about trying to do romantic things and make each other fall like fall in love because you can make anyone fall in love with you and when i heard him say that it was just such an interesting concept because like that is kind of what we want you know what i mean but the problem with trying to make someone fall in love with you is more about the game of getting them to fall in love with you you don't even know if you're in love with them but you're just like i just want to know if i can get them to fall in love with me and then they do and then all of a sudden the game's over and then you're like uh, or, or whatever. You know, it was a mistake, and there, you know what I mean? And so that was kind of a cool way that we, I don't know, it wasn't about that. It was about hanging out, her getting to meet my family, getting to do stuff together and see. Yeah, I, w- I was really, it was really like, in my mind, I was like, I, I do not want to manipulate something to happen that's Work, not, yeah. that's not what's meant to be. And I know I can do that. You know, I just have a strong will, and I know I can try to manipulate like you said, mm-hmm. and make somebody fall in love with you. But I was like, please, God, don't let me do that. So, like, I didn't, I was like, <laughs> and that, that's, not doing my makeup. And I was like, I was taking dang. it overboard. I was taking it overboard. But <laughs> <laughs> didn't I look so pretty when I walked off that plane? Beautiful. <laughs> Shut up. You tell me all the time. I saw those pictures too. I, know. <laughs> I was like, purposely, like, I was, because I really didn't want to get married. And I felt like God was leading me to that. And I had this thing in my head like, well, if God's going to want you to get married to this guy, you can't mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, all right, then I'm just going to be myself. Well, that's a a lot of uh, stuff that goes on even with Christian dating is that people manipulate situations and they jump into it. They jump the gun and they don't wait to see if it's even a God thing. And then they get into the situation where either they end up in a sexual relationship or they just... You know they're 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 dating, but they're hooking up, and it's just it's, yeah. it's not of God. And then they rush the whole thing, and then they waste more time, and they get wrapped up in this relationship that wasn't even of God. Yeah. And I think it's just because of maybe even age with people, they just think I got to get married, or you know maybe if the girls are get the girls getting older, like she's in her thirties or whatever. But um, the best thing to do is just sit and wait on God and let Him and just date and hang out as friends and let Him do the the work like He did with you guys. Well, I I heard this girl tell me. On tour, when Josh and I were dating, she was like, I, I explained to her, because we were da- like, we were dating, weren't we, when we were on tour? And mm-hmm. and uh, she was asking me something, and I said, well, he's never kissed me. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you've been together how long? And I was like, I don't know. It's been a couple months. And she's like, and he never kissed you. And I was like, no, we want to wait we don't want to sleep together till we get married and I'm super passionate. So <laughs> I don't know where kissing is going to go, but I got to be careful. And she's like, what? You're not going to sleep together before you get married. That's dumb. 
She's like, what if he's not passionate at all? What if he's bad? Like, yeah, how that's, come? <laughs> that's how? a big, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the big, that's <laughs> this big question in the Christian community. Really? Yeah. And when I talk to people, I mean, even my friends and different people, because I obviously didn't have sex till I got married. Yeah, it's good. I did. Well, and then I stopped and then I <laughs> dated and then did again. You got but, saved. Yeah, became a Christian. And, yeah. Yeah. But during that time when I was a Christian, um, I was telling him, like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not having sex till I get married. They'd be like, well, dude, how do you know if, you yeah, know, yeah. what if you don't want to, what if you don't want, what if it doesn't work out? Like, yeah. You don't want to, like, be married to this girl, you know? And I'm like, dude, if God confirmed yeah. this relationship, then it's going to be all good. But that's a huge. Well, there is the faith aspect, which I think is so important in marriage no matter what absolutely and, and the other part is the sex the sexuality should be an outworking it should be the result of all of the other things that are so uh rich in your marriage you know it shouldn't be that oh well let's see how we work out physically um together it should be a natural progression of how you work out emotionally and spiritually and you know, as as humans, as human souls and spirits that you like, I can see he has passion when I see him play guitar, when I see him pray, when I see him, you know, like I can tell in certain ways, there's things you can just see, you know, and, you know, that's just to me to, to, you know, that part of your life is um, something that's vulnerable and it's something that needs to be worked out in the context of, I'm not leaving you. We're working this out together. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're just, and that's what's so beautiful and pure when you're in that situation is that there's no shame or embarrassment. There's a lot of laughter and cause silliness in that area because, you know, you're forever. You you know, I'm going to stick with you. We're going to, this is nobody's seeing this like but us. And, mm-hmm. and so... Even no matter what you go through in that area of your life, to continue on and to be like, uh, you know, we're committed. I don't know. It it, it makes it different. But see, everything's backwards in the world. Yeah. So what you do is in the world is you go and you sleep with it. You see a girl. She's Mm -hmm. hot. Mm -hmm. You sleep with her. And then you're like, okay, sex was great. Mm. Now do I like her? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and. I've had many of those stories, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this chick's crazy. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, now I got this. Well, you know, yeah. or for vice versa. Yeah. A girl sleeps with a guy and then all of a sudden the guy is a stalker. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I've heard them all. I've heard all those stories and you do it backwards. Yeah. But when you, when you do it the right way, you put God first, you let him. Well, I think part of that is like, say, you sleep with a girl and then you say she's crazy or you sleep with a guy and he's a stalker. There's some part of sleeping with somebody that makes insecurities come out. I mean, it makes you insecure to say, I gave you this, now what are you going to do with it? And not know. And so what's beautiful is when you sleep together in security, it's like you don't have to deal with that mm-hmm. trim, that anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's it's It's... Well, it's a bonding too. It's a bonding too. Yeah, so that yeah. you, there's that attachment. It does something in your soul. It, yeah, there's an attachment. Me. There's a soul attachment that happens. So the craziness is because you know, I mean, there are like lunatic people, but then there's like attachment. Yeah. 
that you're sleeping with someone and, and that girl becomes attached. Yeah, and then God can totally heal all of that. And obviously, mm. I've seen him do that, and he can restore all that stuff. And Josh and I both have our stories of God restoring us. Well, tell me this. How'd you know, how'd you know that he was the one or who who found out first from God? <laughs> I mean, there had to be some kind of confirmation. I and think it, he oh, found I had, a, out. I had a pretty clear confirmation. What yeah. happened? How? Can I tell a story? Yes, please. What's in your book? So, yeah. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Live with Ryan Reese. I have... Uh, Lacey Sturm and Josh Sturm in studio. See, I keep wanting to say the other one. Don't say the other one. Strum the guitar, please. No. Anyway, how'd you know? Well, it's going to sound like a stalker type thing, but... <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so he was crazy. I had a, no, I had a dream that, uh, that we were married, and I didn't even know, really know who she was. I, we had played a show with Flyleaf a long, long time ago, and I had this dream that this girl rolled over and kissed me and said I love you and then rolled over and said good night you weren't even dating no and I didn't even know her name because did you recognize her was it her in the dream I just woke up and I was like lord that was my wife and I was like I think that was the girl from Flyleaf I didn't even know her name so I literally googled girl from Flyleaf because I couldn't remember her name (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like that's pretty crazy I mean there's a lot of things in my life that time where God was speaking to me but there's a lot of things that were wrong too that like I felt like I was hearing him say they were just so far off and so I kind of took it Sort of with a grain of salt, I guess. Uh, really quick, though. But haven't you seen that because of God's grace, even though when we're, our life sometimes isn't lined up or there's things going on in life, he still works. Absolutely. He still speaks. Because yeah. I think people, I want to touch on this really quick, people think that like their life has to be a, perfectly aligned with God. That's the only way he's going to speak to you. No. He'll speak to you in the middle of your sin. Oh, yeah. Yes. Halfway through it. He'll he'll be working, and here he is showing you your wife yeah. when your whole life is still out of whack. I'm not Aren't saying you dating somebody else. I'm not yeah. saying go live a life of of, <laughs> of sin or yeah. hell. No, but as you're working out your your faith, yeah, um, God still he's he's speaking to you along yeah. the way. Absolutely. So what happened? So you had this dream. So, yeah, so I had this dream, and then uh, it turned out Flyleaf was coming through town like three months or something from then. So I was like, all right, God, we'll see if this is going to be my wife. And so I hung out at the show and hung out with their guitar player, you know, mostly. And and then I saw her and I kind of quickly said something, but she ignored me. Or, he said. I said I saw them at Warped Tour and they didn't play Warped Tour. She goes, we never played Warped Tour. And I was, yeah. I was like, oh, He okay. said, hey, he, like he worked up the courage to come say hi. This is the what he told me. He said, I dressed up because I knew you were going to be there. And I was like, okay, God, are you going to do this? And then um, he saw me come across the stage after the show was it over. He's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. And he's like talking himself into it. He goes and says, hey, so I uh, saw you guys when you played Warped Tour. And I was like, we never played Warped Tour. Dissed him straight out of the gate. So I went home defeated. and <laughs> not Well, not defeated because so it was wasn't like, like. That was stupid. I mean, I wasn't, I, a, that was the, I wasn't a fan of like Flyleaf, right? It wasn't he like, didn't oh like our God. music at all, actually. <laughs> so like it wasn't this like starstruck thing. It was just kind of like, okay, God, you said this is my wife. And through a dream, you know, and it felt kind of real, you know, I feel like I can hear your voice clearly, so we'll see if it is. And after the night, I was like, all right, it wasn't. So I ended up dating someone, and uh, like a year later, I saw Flyleaf again, you know, and Lacey was there, and I saw her, and I was dating this girl, and then God reminded me when I saw her, like, I gave you this dream, and I'm like, And you have this other girl sitting on your lap, what's going on? (laughs) So like, fast forward another year ahead. So now we're at three years? Three years ahead at least. Um, I wasn't, I was single and I was kind of just, I don't know, it was just kind of a hard time in my life and I was just felt really lonely. And a friend of mine wanted to go to, go see Flyleaf in Cleveland and I'm like, I don't really feel like going. She's like begged me to go to the show. So I went, 
and I was talking to their guitar player again because I, I love gear and guitar. <laughs> and Lacey came over and joined the conversation. She asked me about my tattoo, and I'm telling her about it. And we start talking about like, did, did Pantera. Did you remember him? him? Did you recognize no. him? I just no. saw his tattoo and wanted to know what it was, what it meant. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about tattoos, and we start talking about Pantera, and then we're talking about Jesus, and I'm like, she's really cool. And like as we're talking, God's reminding me of this dream he gave me. And so anyway, that that night is kind of what started our actual talking to each other, and we kept in communication and then all this stuff about dating. But I didn't tell her that I had a dream that she was my wife until I asked her to marry me because over the course of that year while we dated, a lot of people told her they had a dream that they were going to marry her. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they were crazies, you know. So like Rockstar life. Yeah, but it wasn't that. I was just, I was like, okay, God, you know, when this thing actually is fulfilled is when I'll tell her that. And so during my proposal, I actually told her the story for the first time. And how many years ago was that from when you, when you had that dream? We dated for a year. But how, wait, when did you have the dream? How many years before that? It was probably like three years till, three I, years. till it actually happened. Dude, that's insane. But God's faithful. You know, I, I met Crystal, my wife, on the beach 10 years before. She didn't remember meet me. Wow. Did, I, did you know that? I met no. her. Okay, so she was, she was, uh, I was coming back from surfing down in San Clemente on Cotton's Point, and then her, and she was actually hanging out with one of my brother's friends at the time, and they were walking down the beach, and I was coming up, and I walked up, and I'm like, hey, what's up, Brandon? How you doing? And she was with him. And he's like, yeah, this is this is Crystal, and, and i said hey you know hi or whatever and then we crossed paths wow and 10 years later when i met her she has she has no rem- she has no uh, recollection of meeting me but uh i met her on the beach 10 years before that's that awesome. for like a split second wow isn't that weird that's crazy that's crazy that is pretty that's crazy cool so here you guys are same kind of situation three yeah. years you meet her she is, she doesn't remember you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I guess we're not very memorable, right? I guess not. <laughs> well, I have I have a story on my other side. So of, what happened with you? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to get married. I had my heart broken, obviously, and I was, like, thinking. Part of it was I had been married before, and I thought, which I didn't realize till later, I was didn't think I deserved to be married again, sort of, <clears throat> which I didn't realize that was a thing. But there was some a little bit of religiousness, I think, in me not wanting to get married, but I thought I was just being, you know, radical and saying, I want to do something crazy for you, God, and I'll never get married. Because I just love that idea, you know. Um, this life is so short and it's so temporary, and and I just want to spend it going after Jesus, and I don't want, you know, to get caught up in things of the world. And we're not going to be married in heaven, so why should we get married here, you know? Like, I'm thinking this, and, and I was thinking this way and I'm like I'm just gonna stay single for you and um I sort of made that decision on my own and then I kept reading the scripture kept coming up of this conversation between the Pharisees about divorce and usually <clears throat> when I read it I saw oh you're divorced you could you shouldn't get remarried yeah I read that today yeah it says uh the Pharisees are like so who can get divorced and he or something he's like he's like well um, Moses, he says, why did Moses allow or say we should get divorced? And he said, Moses permitted it because your hearts were hard. Yeah. Um, but that's not the way it was from the beginning. And then he explained, you know, a man, uh, God created a man, woman, and he'll leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Therefore, what God joined together, let not man not separate. And they said, they said, if this is the case, then it's better for a man not to get married. And Jesus said, this is the part that kept coming up over and over. Jesus said to the Pharisees, this is hard teaching. 
and only those who have been given to can accept it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so am I being a Pharisee and in some ways saying I shouldn't get married? And am I, am I given this? Is this a gift to me? Or am I just taking it for myself? Because if you're called to be married and you try to stay single, your life will be harder. And if you're called to be single and you go get married, then your life will be harder. You know, which vice versa. <laughs> Did I say the same thing twice? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. But so I was like, so I was like, should I get, should I get married? I need to ask God if I should stay single. So I started to pray about it and um, really felt like, so I just started to pray about it and really felt like well, God. You know, we're going we're gonna to be going to break in a few minutes. Okay. Or a few seconds or something like that. And then let's get back and we'll keep uh, talking about that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, When we Ryan. get back from the break. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. When we get back, we will continue talking about your dating relationship with Josh. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! A few technical difficulties right before the break. But we are back and on point, as ever. <laughs> so, Lacey, sorry I had to cut you off. Mm-hmm. But what were you saying right before the break? You were talking about this confirmation that God uh, was giving you to know yeah. that Josh was the dude. Well, I just started praying about whether or not I should be married. Because some people have that gift and some people don't. And right. I think that's something we don't always say in church either. Some people have the gift of singleness. I met, I, I know two people personally and both of them are beautiful women that are amazing, intelligent, talented women that are called to single life, and they're doing amazing things for God. Um, so they've never been married, or right? One's a uh, missionary to Thailand, and uh, she's just brilliant. She speaks three languages, and she's she's just awesome. And she knows that she's a ha- she's a happy single woman that knows God's called her to. To, to help uh, girls in sex trafficking. You know, yeah. that's her mission. Um, so anyway, so I'm just praying about whether or not that's my call to, to be single. And um, and I'm fasting about it. And, um, and every day at 7, I break my fast. Before I eat, I pray until I feel the presence of the Lord and His peace. And um, so I was praying and I was like, Lord, teach me about how to be pure in my relationship with guys if I'm going to be single, you know, and, um, I need a book about that. I don't know how to be pure with a brother, you know, like, how does it not get weird, you know, as a single woman? And, um, and I found a book called The Bride Wore White, um, and some other books. I read a lot of dating books just to find out about purity and relationships. I wasn't talking about romantic relationships, just purity in general. I actually helped (laughs) reading dating books to just know how to be good friends without, crossing the line or whatever and so in the bride were white they talk about a list some of the dating books are awful and but there's good things in all of them (laughs) there's some little goodness there you can just take the goodness um 
but that one, you know, this part, I didn't want to do it. I was like, that's dumb. I don't want to get married. So I kept, I'm not going to make a list of somebody I want to marry. I don't want to get married. No, okay, because heard, I've heard you say this before. Did the dating book say to make a list yeah. of, for like a guy that you're looking for? Yeah, what you want, husband. I, I made a list too after I heard you say that. You did? And, and it worked. But go ahead and tell me your list. Well, it's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, it was just like 60 things. I was making fun 60? of it. I was making fun of the mean. list. I was making fun of it. I was like, I don't want to get married. Okay, fine. I'll make this. Because I kept feeling like God was telling me, you need to make this through different things, you know. Yeah. I, like one of the things was I opened the book the next day trying to skip the chapter. And it opens to the chapter. And the first sentence of the chapter is from a girl's testimony. I didn't want to make this list because I didn't want to get married. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, I'll make this. You read this chapter. <laughs> And so I just made fun of it. I'm like, fine, well, make me a list. I'm going to make the most hard thing in the world. Like, you can't answer it unless it's a miracle. And so, seriously, every time I look at Josh, I'm like, you walked off that page. It's the weirdest thing. Um, so that was the miraculous thing that, I, I mean, one of them is meaningful tattoos. And when I saw his tattoo that first day, I was like, hey, what's your tattoo mean? <laughs> and he's like, tells me about the symbolism of the pelican on his arms, Catholic paintings, the... Mother pelican in a time of famine uses her beak to open her stomach and feeds her babies her flesh and blood. So she dies and they live and it's a symbol of Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm like, really? It's I'm about sold. Jesus? <laughs> you have any other tattoos? And we started talking about Pantera. He needs to like metal music and Jesus. <laughs> we started talking about, you know, all kinds of things that are just making me think, okay, well, you look pretty close. <laughs> You're acting... So anyway, so that was the that was the confirmation. We just got a question right here. It says, "How did Lacey make sure Josh was the one?" Well, I from Kathy in Texas. Well, I didn't want to um, manipulate, and so my biggest thing is from Kathy, Texas. That's a city. It's from Tracy. Hi, Tracy. I think it's Kathy, right. Texas. Oh, Kathy. Okay. Yes, Katie. <laughs> not in not, not in Texas. Katie, Texas. That's a city. Okay. Not Kathy. I'm sorry. Help me. Okay, so ha so the the number one thing was if he fit the list, I wouldn't chase him. And so, like I said, if I didn't manipulate and it still worked out, then I knew it was God. <laughs> so that yeah. was it. I knew if he pursued me, um, then it and he fit the list, and and my spiritual parents were on board, then I knew it would be safe, and God was leading it. So. How come she didn't ask, how did Josh know that Lacey was the one? Because you already told That's us. That's a good question. That's a good question. What is didn't it? Didn't you already <laughs> say that? No, I did. I'm sorry. I was just teasing. <laughs> oh. Well, look, we got some phone calls. Let's go ahead and take these calls. Cool. Let's do this. We'll start with uh, one. Here we go. From the top. Hello. Uh-oh. Can we hear her? She's from Worcester. We can see her question. Do you want me to read it? Worcester. Yeah. Oh, there she is. How Hi. you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Doing good. So you're on live with us. Go ahead and give us your question tonight. So I want to learn a little bit about the whosoevers. I've been a huge fan of Lacey's ever since I was a teenager, um, 16 actually. Um, well, Lacey, your, your suicide story has really, really inspired me. I'm actually um, going to school now to become a... Um, mental health counselor. Wow. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, due to your story, I, I just had with my own depression and anxiety as well. And um, your music just really, really touched my life. Wow. Um, so I see that you're involved with the whosoevers now. And I was wondering if I could get a little bit more information on that as well as 
if there's anything that I could do to join that community, like within my own area in Worcester, mm-hmm. is there something that followers can do um, oh. outside of the whosoever that can support the group the, the way the way this is right the way the movement was started was just um a bunch of friends that god put together They're, they we all came together and we just kind of st- started telling our story and then from there it just started evolving and then you know everyone started going back out on tour with their bands and uh you know the whole theme behind the whosoever's movement is that everyone is just living out their call that god's called them to do where they're at in their community so like we have, I mean, I get, uh, we'll get direct messages from like whosoever's in Columbia. They're, they're seeing, you know, what Lacey and Josh and Sonny and Head and all these different dudes are doing, just work, how God's using them in their life, wherever they're at. And then they're just seeing what God wants to do with their personal life in our personal life in, in their cities. So like whatever you're into, like, so like you're, you're, you're out there in, uh, in your, in your uh, city and. You're going to school to to help, you know, uh, people that are suffering with suicide. You have your story. We'll pray to God to open up doors. And then you are a whosoever because you believe you believe in the verse that John 3, 16, that whosoever calls on the name of, or I'm sorry, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, you are a whosoever. We are the whosoever. It's a movement. It's a worldwide movement of people from all walks of life all around the world just living out their faith wherever they're at. Because sometimes we get calls like, we want to come over and join the movement. And it's like, dude, we're just doing what God's called us to do. You could do the same thing in your community. Right. And, and that's yeah. that's how the whole uh, the whole movement works. But like, as far as like the home office of the Hussars right now, we're, we're doing high school tours and we're planning to go all the way across the United States. So when we go across the United States, we're going to be reaching out to the movement of people in whatever cities we're going to to come and help out, um, you know, do these mm-hmm. high school tours. But it's, wow. it's it's pretty much just been like catching on fire <laughs> and going out and living out your faith. Yeah, and, and you can support the Whosoever's by buying their merchandise off their uh, website. And, and then, you know, if you really want to support and you have people – that you know um, could be a part of your community, you know, living it out in that way, then you can get them shirts and get them gear and stuff like that. And it's just sort of a way to represent. Um, and that's how they kind of get supported. Instead of taking donations, they actually sell merchandise and, you know, gets the word out and it and it helps you to remember who you are too. So that's why I love the merchandise. I think it's cool to wear that, um, and know who you are and and people ask about it you know what is that and they start seeing the shirts everywhere at concerts and you know different places you know on the street and people are like what is that is that a brand you know and then you get to talk to them about what who's whoever is I, I got a rad story about well yeah because so when you buy the product it basically funds our high school tour so we can go to public high schools for free and do a full setup we do a full concert we have a band we have Free pizza. We have even bought a cotton candy machine. Kids go crazy over that. <laughs> awesome. it, it's like being on. Like we're bringing like the Vans Warp tour to to you know public mm-hmm. high schools. That's awesome. But um, That's awesome. there was this dude. There was this dude uh, that was in a bar, and his friend. Um, it was basically fall. He's part of the movement. He he was wearing one of the um, one of the t-shirts. It was like a hooded sweatshirt inside this bar. They were seeing a band, and this friend goes, "Hey, what 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 is the whosoever's? It was that Eagle t-shirt. It said Saints and Sinners. He's like, "What is that?" He's like, hey, just go to their website and go check it out. 
right? Because the guy was a believer. So his friend wasn't a believer. He's like, just go to the website, check it out. Well, he went to the website and then he saw, and then he started looking up YouTube videos. And basically what happened is he ended up finding the Lord through that. Because if you look us up on Instagram or if you look us up on YouTube, you're going to find <laughs> all we do is talk about Jesus pretty much. But uh, mm -hmm. he found this guy ended up finding Jesus because one of his friends was wearing that shirt in a bar. He found Jesus, started reading the Bible, went to Bible school, and now he's a missionary in the Amazon. He showed up at a whosoever's event two, year ago, wow. two years ago and walked up and said, hey, this is my story. This is how I found about the movement, and now I'm a missionary in the Amazon if you ever want to come. <laughs> wow. And, I, and, and, wow. And so in full circle of what you said, now what is he doing? He is a whosoever. He's now a missionary in uh, in the Amazon, reaching out to the Indian community. He's just living out his faith. And I mm -hmm. encourage you to do the same. God has a plan for you. He saved you. There's no coincidence that, you know, you came across the movement and it's, it's, uh, there's, there's no spotlight on anyone. We're all, we're all ambassadors. I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador. Lacey's an ambassador. What we are at the end of the day is we're ambassadors for Christ mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. But whosoever's the anybody's the whoever's, that's our flag that we wear, that we identify by. Great. Thank the, you so much. Nice right on. Well, nice to meet you online. You <laughs> right, Thank right you. On. That's cool. Right Very on. Cool. Well, here we go. Let's go ahead and take Jennifer from, let's see, Jennifer from Reading. I like the whosoever's are counterculture. Mm. Counterculture church. Mm -hmm. they are, it's crazy what God's been doing with the movement, how he's just kind of really been expanding it because it started off obviously with all of us, but now it's, it's expanding into different genres of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now with, you know, uh, Allie reaching with Allie and Will yeah. and the whole pop world and just, it's just That's awesome. The art world, surf, skate world, it's just those branches that are just going out and, and reaching those, that, those communities. So it's pretty epic. Yeah, Let's see if we can get this uh, Jennifer on the phone here. Yes. Hey, how you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. What's your question tonight? Well, you know, Lacey, uh, you know, I've been a dialysis patient for three years. Your music, your books have helped me along the way because I thought that once I got that sentence, it was like a death sentence. Wow. But you helped me look at it's God's purpose for me. But I was wondering, how do you, how involved do you have your kids in the church? Do they go to church every Sunday? Do you read them the Bible, like the kids' version? And how involved do you have them in the church? Well, can I ask you before I answer um, what, what, why you're asking me about my kids? Do you have kids? Is that why? Oh, no. I've just, I've seen how involved you have your kids in your life. Mm-hmm like on tour because i've seen you mm -hmm. before you ever had kids and mm -hmm. and now how you're able to involve your kids in your music with your music mm -hmm. and your i've seen how you know you can bring them to shows and mm -hmm. stuff like that and how involved you have them so you're wondering, wondering you're wondering if i'm bringing them up to love god yes yeah, <laughs> I don't think we can avoid that, <laughs> but um, because we live that way every day and we, you know, yeah. I know that church, as far as it being a building, 
uh, when we're we do bring them with us. Um, they're they're three and five, and when we're yeah. and I want to encourage any moms that might be listening to have three and five year olds. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out what to do with your two, three, and five year olds on Sunday when they don't want to go to children's because they're freaking out and they don't sit through the service very well. Um, I want to encourage those moms that there are seasons uh, for when you get to be fed in a certain way from the church and when you just need to pour into your kids with love and that is the way you worship sometimes. You worship God by um, learning how he loves you by loving your kids. And um, and I've had to do that, you know. I've had to go take my kids out of church and sit in the parking lot and watch butterflies until it's over and let them, you know, throw throw rocks into the bushes because and just let them know I love you and I'm not going to be religious with you. Um, you're more important to me than um, than me. You know, you're my first call before uh, before trying to, you know, be involved in some other ministry. You're my first ministry. And so um, so just to say that because, uh, yeah, I want to take them to church as much as I can, but I think we are the church too. And in these seasons of life, we have to figure out what that looks like and what works best for us and what's the most loving choice for everybody. So, anyway. Oh, that's so cool. That's good to know because I know some people that go to church, but they don't want to take their kids. Because I have dog kids, and their parents, they don't feel like, oh, well, they'll get to church when they feel like it. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you don't instill in them the beliefs that you have, I don't think they'll learn that way. Well, the thing is, you know, everybody has a different, you know, a different story. And, um, and you know, sometimes it's hard to tell what they're going through. But I think God is so faithful. He's so good. And he's, you know, my mom didn't get us in church hardly ever. He took care of us. And um, that was just circumstantially hard. She's a single mom with six kids. It was just hard. <laughs> and so, um, so I know it's different for everybody. But anyway. Right. Um, well, thank you for calling, Jennifer. I'm going to go ahead and take this next question from Pittsburgh. Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I think I know who Good, this is. how are you? Pittsburgh. Wait a minute. Oh, Ashley, wait a Ashley minute. Ashley's your hometown. What's your question? And is I this Ashley? Ashley Ray? This is Lacey. What's up, girl? How are you Do you doing? have a pretty dress on? <laughs> no, I don't right now. <laughs> I like your dresses. Anyway, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um... So I wanted to ask you, um, uh, my family, we can have a lot of um, different type of, I guess, trials going on in our lives, just a lot going on, and um, it almost seems like there's not many good things that have been mm-hmm. happening. It seems like a lot's been going wrong more than right. Mm-hmm. And um, just for like me and my parents, all of us, how to keep that mm-hmm. faith um, in God together, because when everything seems so wrong, just how do you look for what's going to go right? Well, I think the first thing you need to know is where you end and they begin. Um, You need to know what your call is personally and then be able to have faith for God to do what he can do and the people around you. And that's a really hard thing to differentiate when you're family and you want to, you know, pull them along and you want to always help in any way. And sometimes God calls us to just, and I think this is, was really hard for me to figure out is um is how to figure out well what is God calling me to do and um and how can I find my peace in him apart from what anybody else is going through I mean this is something I learned daily in my marriage you know 
is there a way for me to have peace and joy when Josh is having a bad day? Or when bad things are happening around me, when my kid's sick or my, my you know, um, how can I keep my peace and joy and know that um, there are things that, you know, I can weep with those who weep, but then I also have to keep my joy um, and stand up and keep my peace and follow peace in my life. And so when things are happening, we, you know, the Bible says when we're anxious to be anxious for nothing but to pray. And that sounds like such a simple cliche thing, but... Um, I think when you actually um, press into what that means, like um, it is a lifestyle, you know, of taking your thoughts and saying, I'm going to put faith over this. I'm going to choose to have faith over this fear. And I'm going to, you know, what Jesus did is whenever there was a temptation to, you know, he spoke the scriptures. So there's, there's all kinds of ways to feed your soul faith and feed your soul life. And there's also ways to feed your soul fear and feed your soul death. And, you know, sometimes that means, like for me, I, I can't listen to certain music or I can't watch certain movies or I can't, you know, and I just have, and it's a sad thing because sometimes I can't hang out with my husband because <laughs> he wants to watch <laughs> yeah. that movie or he wants to listen to that song. And I'm like, baby, I love you. I got to go to the other room. <laughs> and he's like, I know, baby, it's okay. And it's, and it's okay to respect him and what, you know, how God's made him and to also respect how God's made me and know, well, I don't, I'm getting a little overwhelmed here. I feel like I'm taking on the burdens of the world and that's not for me. So I have to go to the other room while you watch the news for a bit, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to pray that everything that goes on that screen, God's going to handle it the way he, good ways. And I'm going to walk into the room and, you know, play Legos with Joshua. (laughs) You know, so we have to find those moments that we have peace in and pursue those things to know what we're called to and what we're not and then just have peace. I think, too, that uh, sometimes those trials come because we're not in the right place where God wants us and Mm -hmm. we don't have that peace. You know, we're like, why are we going through this? But maybe God's like trying to get us out of a a situation we're in. You know, I I recently, you know, in the last couple, the last year since I got married and I had the triplets and I've been talking about this a lot lately is that. I was teaching two times a week. I was going to the high school. I was doing the movement, plus the radio show. And I was, and I was doing all this before we, I got married and before I got pregnant with the triplets and then had the kids. So I had all this stuff going on and I didn't have peace. I was like, I felt like I was in this trial constantly, like no mm-hmm. peace. I was, there was anger coming up and because I was trying to hold the weight of the world and trying to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But what God was basically trying to do is like, like dude, you need to like release some of these things and not mm-hmm. you can't do everything. And my first ministry is my wife and my kids. So as one night I was just sitting in my room and I was feeding one of the kids and I was listening to K Wave, this radio station, and this pastor came out and started talking about Elijah, how he had to withdraw from ministry so that God could work in him so he could work through him. And God really spoke to me that time to like, I need there mm-hmm. my life seemed like I was doing everything aligned with God. I'm teaching the Bible two times a week, two Bible studies, I'm mm-hmm. doing the radio show. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm speaking at high schools. I got mm-hmm. my wife and my kids. I'm like, God thinks I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, God's like, dude, you need to like chill out and you need to go take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. was a season, Ryan. Now I need you to withdraw from those two teaching nights and, mm-hmm. and do this. And when I did that, I felt like I was in this gnarly trial for like six months. Mm-hmm. When I did that, all of a sudden peace just came. But awesome. then there's also people who are like, how could you... I mean, I'm just saying from my own experience, when I had to pull out of 
relationships that weren't I wasn't called to in that season. It's like, how could you be a Christian? How could you give up this? You have so much, you know, uh, invested in this. So many people are counting on you. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm like. That was but, a burden of mine. And I'm like, who's God? Yeah. I'm not God. <laughs> yeah. And when I learn I can't save anybody, I only obey Jesus, then I can step away and find my own salvation in Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like, I felt like. I, I need like, salvation. I, I need felt faith. like all these people were like depending on me because they were coming to the, the thing. Mm-hmm. But. But at the end of the day, I, I walked up on the stage and I said, you guys, I'm like, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go follow Jesus and I'm going to live out my faith. Mm-hmm. Everything I always tell you guys, when Jesus says to do something, do it. I go, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I want to encourage you, Ashley, is that this is this very special time in your life. And you are young and you're not married and you don't have children. And you have a very special gift for this time. And it could be, you know, you could be one of those that's called to be single. But if you do have marriage in your future or children, then this time is probably pretty short. And so you might have to just sit still and be like, God, what do you call? I mean, I know you have a heart for Russia. I know you have a heart mm-hmm. for children. And um, and I know you just have a heart for bands and, and things like that. And so you might just be have to ask, just sit still and, and get away from every voice except for his, and just be like, outside of all of everybody's opinions about what's good and what's not, there's good things that aren't God things. You know, that's what Ryan's talking about. All those ministries are good. All those relationships I was in were helpful and good. They seemed really Christian, <laughs> and I, I needed to be there. But then he was like, I didn't call you to that. Yeah. And you're trying to hold a door open for somebody. I'm closing. You're going to get slammed in that door if you don't get out of there. <laughs> and so I have to. so I have to know. And when I did that, all of a sudden, God started moving in the people's lives that I got out of. Because he's like, now that you're not trying to be a savior, I can lead them to myself. Yep. And that's a hard thing to recognize. I'm not Jesus. You are. And so that's where we get our peace. We go to the Lord. And we really, really, you know, not just in a theoretical way, but we lock ourselves away until we figure out, you know, find his presence. And I, w- I want to close with that because we're going to, be ending this. Okay, sorry, I'm talking too minutes. much. No, 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 it's perfect. <laughs> I like you, Ashley. I think you're cool. No, honestly, <laughs> Lacey, so that is the best advice: is to literally kill the noise, kill go the to noise. airplane mode, yes. and hear <laughs> what God has to say. Read the Word of God in Romans. It says, um, "Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the Word of God." He speaks that, dude. He, he speaks spe- through the Word of God. He it's simple. Read it. So I have a yeah. Bible, um, the Life Application Bible. I talk about the mystery. And in the back of it, it tells you all these subjects. And so you can look up trials, which is what you asked about. And you well, can find is. all the verses about it. By the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, thank you for being on. It was a blast. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Love you guys. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.